Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you for an hour. And uh, really uh, ready to just bring heat. Excited about it. Excited about what we have prepared for you today. Jackson, what do we have prepared uh, for our uh, loyal audience? Uh, hot sports takes, breakdowns left and right. Nice. It's so much. It's, it's almost too much to say, you know. The show's only an hour. So you have nothing. Nothing. Okay. 65780 is how you can text into the show. Air Comfort Service text line 65780. And you can leave a mic drop, 101 ESPN mic drop feature, uh, and uh, participate in the program that way. That would be my recommendation. There you go. Uh, Jackson, the Cardinals lose last night. Uh, Dakota Hudson was uh, roughed up. Uh, your guy. Part of your fantasy club, the he just sauce got bosses. Dropped. Oh, you just dropped him. Right no, before no, he I can't. No, and... I dropped someone else. I'm sorry. Yes, Jake Woodford, member of the sauce bosses. Yes, uh, he came in and he pitched well. Three innings, really solid. Yeah, yeah I, I, what, what, my thing with Woodford is like, I just like how he works quickly. Like he doesn't, he just gets out there, he throws the pitch, catches it, ready to throw again. Like let's, let's go, let's speed it up. He works quickly and he works effectively. I like Jake Woodford. You're critical of uh, the manner with which Dakota Hudson works, which tends to be a little slower. Hudson, Gallegos being the, the biggest uh, perpetrator of the the long, long inning. But yeah, Hudson is not much faster. And last night was not very effective against the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, the uh, Cardinals lose last night. I don't know where people are on it as far as uh, whether or not people are really irritated. It's a six-game lead. You're playing the Reds. It's Dakota Hudson. I'm yep. just not. I'm not at a point of being concerned. No, no, nor I mean it just doesn't like. Nor I have been jumping up and down had they won. Right, exactly. It's the same way I was about to say. Is like if they win in that same situation, it's not like all right, this team's ready for you know a run. You just gotta take you take the wins with the losses. Uh, let's see. Can we start second guessing Ali Marmol's bullpen mismanagement yet? Three games in a row. He pulled Wayno and gave him the chance to get Swanson for the third out in the seventh. Prematurely pulled Michaelis with 80 pitches in the fifth with a big lead. Kept Hudson in the game in the third when he obviously was struggling. That is from the 618 Jackson. Are you concerned with Ali Marmol's bullpen management, albeit of those three games, the Cardinals won two of them, but this this person is focused on the process and not the result. I'm never going to be too upset when you don't pull uh, a pitcher early, like super early in the game. Like if they just don't, it doesn't seem like they have it, I'm cool with letting them go till the third or fourth inning because running the bullpen that early in a game that in the grand scheme of things with the way they currently are in the standings, what they have ahead of them, I, I would rather Hudson have to eat another inning or two 
then deplete the bullpen. Uh, that looked like a team that doesn't want to play in October. They're spitting in the fans' faces with a performance like that. That's Merle from Oakville. So he was not happy with last night uh, and uh, believes that the team went out there and spit in the fans' faces with that performance. Yeah, I didn't see it that way, but we always are welcoming to you know Merle in Oakville or Steve in Wildwood, whoever. Uh, Hugh from Marlboro, all welcome. Everybody is welcome. Come on in. Uh, it's uh, John Stewart Mills Open Marketplace of Ideas. We were thinking about that name, and then we just went with Balloon Party. Right, right. It wasn't uh, wordy enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't think you're going to see Flaherty, Hudson, or Jake, who you like, Woody. because he catches the ball and throws it. Yep. But uh, I I. I Therefore, I'm not all of that worked up over the the, the fifth starter. I just don't expect Flaherty. Hey, listen, if Flaherty, Flaherty would be a windfall if that somehow turns into something when he makes his— well, he's making a rehab start tonight. In Memphis, right? Yeah, and yep. he is uh, pitching on Monday. He's scheduled to pitch anyway. He's scheduled to pitch on Monday, yeah. Monday. So from my standpoint, the card and rotation is however you want to order it up, and maybe there will be some— uh, dynamic splits that will stand out, whether it's day-night, whether it be against the opponent. It is in some semblance, because it's going to be a three-game series, most likely, of Wainwright's going to get the ball for certain, and I would say Michaelis is going to get the ball for certain, and then you go into, do you go with Quintana or Montgomery? And that is, I would imagine at this point, most people would say, I would go Wainwright, Montgomery Michaelis, yep. I think is what most people would say right now if yep. they were to do that and wear navy hats. I think that's kind of where if it's I were engaging the, even at home, yeah. The people uh, on that one. Yeah. The uh yeah, Michaelis has been somewhat shaky since the Deadler All Star break, but I still would take him over Quintana and definitely take him over Hudson. Uh did Piddles actually watch the game last night, unlike the night before? No. Red series personally. Didn't do it for me. So you are you are you will not be watching tonight's game either. Then no, no. Do I, you will uh, watch tonight's game. There's a good chance. Yeah, I'll have it what on. Were you watching last night instead? Oh, I some on HBO or oh, something. Oh, somebody was seeing a little lady. <laughs> no, no, that was not the case. I went to bed super early last night, um, but lefty on the mound. I know Poole started yesterday as well, which is great. I love seeing him start against right-handers. But lefty tonight, so good chance. I usually just have it on if, if I'm doing something else, like working on my laptop. I just have it on, but for whatever reason, I just didn't last night. You can hold me accountable. You know the text line number. 65780 if you'd like to hold Jackson accountable. Uh, he has the little piddles percentages here. Uh, Albert eclipses 700 or more home runs, so we're just going to do this daily now, I gather. Yeah, well, every day the okay. number might change. All right, fair enough. Uh, what is your number now? Huh. Got to put $1,000 down. Taking it out of the trust fund. Yeah, right. Last night, him starting and starting, of course, Monday gives me more opportunity to think that he will do it. So if I had to put $1,000 down, now I'm saying yes. Wow. Right. You can call me a flip-flopper. It's, I, I am. I am flip-flopping. But that's my opinion. Aaron Judge hits 62 home runs. He's at 51. I had to put $1,000 down. No. Okay. That's a lot. That's a lot. 50, so he's got to get 11 more. To... He's got to get 11 more in a month and change. Albert Pujols has to get six more right. in a month and change. Yeah, I'll say no for Judge, but I hope I'm wrong on both. I like Aaron Judge a lot, and uh, I obviously love Albert, so I'd like to see both of them. I'd like to see a big record-breaking year. 
Uh, I am, uh, if I had to put a thousand on him, Albert's going to eclipse the seven hundred. Judge on sixty-two, I would be surprised. So I would, I wouldn't bet it. But it's not a bet I'd feel good about making one way or the other. For some reason, the Albert one, even though as I keep saying every morning here, the math doesn't necessarily make sense based on the pace of the season, the pace of the last six weeks. Obviously, it does. Uh, I just think he is. I also I would imagine, I don't know the Yankees schedule like I know the Cardinals schedule, but because they're in the American League East, I'm gathering that they're going to be playing mostly American League East teams, and you will be dealing with a higher caliber of opponent than what the Cardinals will be dealing with, and therefore higher caliber of pitching. Although some of those teams in the AL East don't exactly have great pitching. Rays do, but uh, questionable elsewhere. Uh, Jack Flaherty becomes an impact player for the rest of the season. Percentage, I will put that at 30%. I would love it. I just don't expect it. Right. But I don't expect it, not based necessarily on Flaherty. It's just the injury that he has. And I'm just like, how can he? But hey, man, it'd be wonderful. He did. What a windfall it would be. And then impact. So impact to me, it'd be very surprising if he got into the rotation. Um, I think the only way he gets into the rotation is with the Cardinals deal with injuries. You see what I'm saying? That yeah. he would be replacing somebody. Uh, and outside of Hudson, I'm talking about Wainwright, Michaelis, Montgomery, and Quintana. Um, so then impact, would he be a guy that they go to in a key situation in the bullpen? That'd be in the great. Playoffs? That'd be, if, that, if he was playing like that, that would be how that'd great be would that be? That'd be a wonderful find. I just feel like that's not necessarily likely. I know they tried to do that with Matt Morris in 2000 against the Mets, and it just he wasn't the same guy yet. Uh, and and then he came back in 2001 and had a ridiculous year. Uh, the Cardinals make a big move in free agency this offseason. Wow, Jackson is turning the page to the offseason. Well, you know, eventually the uh, honeymoon will end with the three players retiring, so you got to look ahead. I don't know if you're going to see all three, but you're going to have two. Right, right. Um, so my, there's a lot of big free agents going to be out there. Who do we have? You got guy Wilson Contreras is what a lot of Cardinal fans are looking at. DeGrom, Chris Bassett, a ton of shortstops, uh, Bogarts, uh, Trey Turner. Uh, there's a bunch of like really solid shortstops that are going to be out there. So some things that the Cardinals need, certainly catching will be one of them once he retires. And then shortstop has always kind of been up in the air now for a couple of years. It would, they didn't make the move for Soto. Obviously, that would be prospects, not money. But they have the cash to do some. I uh I wonder now how they would view shortstop because I think that was a a point of contention going into this year. The weird thing with the young is is he had this flash of about 10 days where you're going, "Wow, whatever Paul Young did in Memphis, he's carried it over to St. Louis and he's raking and then it just fell off." Right. So I would be curious on on how they view shortstop. Not to say that means they'll go get Trey Turner, but how they view the shortstop position going into 2023 as opposed to how they viewed DeYoung in 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also now you've seen Nolan Gorman up at second, Edmund get chances at short, Sosa's no longer a part of the mix, although I don't think they necessarily viewed him as the long-term guy. How they also view the outfield. Right. The outfield situation. Um you know, I mean, going into the year, I think they were incredibly high on the three they had. One of those is now gone, Carlson and O'Neill, and of course Bader's gone, and then uh, now Lars Newtbar has become a real force. Yeah, 
Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to for what they are going to look for. Per, like, And it might be pitching. It might be another pitcher. Who knows what it's going to be. I just think that making a splashy move in free agency would be a great way to kind of capitalize on all this equity they've had over the last month and a half or so. Hey, Jackson, there's still two months of baseball left, dude. That's from the 636. Yeah, month of regular season baseball. Hopefully another month after that for the Redbirds. But still, it's never too early to start looking ahead. I don't think. All right. Hey, you know what? You're the captain of this ship. That's why it's called the Little, Little Piddle, Piddle Show. You're right. You're right. So. If this were my show, I'd be like, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals still have, you know, 30-plus games left, and they're going for the, de- the Central Division, and Goldschmidt's going for the Triple Crown, and Pools is going for 700, and maybe they'll get a chance to face the Dodgers or the Mets and the NLCS, uh, you know. But, you know, Jackson's turned his attention to April of 2023. That's where he is. I'm ready to hold someone accountable. Uh, hey, Tim. Hey, Jackson. I love listening to you guys. Do me a favor and do a parallel or comparison between Carlson and J.D. Drew. I'm really concerned with the likeness of the two. Hate to see Carlson end up like Drew ended up underachieving. That's from Herschel. Hey, Hersh. Uh, well, J.D. Drew wound up having a good career. I don't know if J.D. Drew matched the expectations that he that he had when he came out and was drafted by the Phillies and then didn't go there, and it became a whole thing. But he had a good career. Was he on Boston after the Cardinals? Oh, yeah. yeah. He, was, he was on a, uh, the Braves, the Wainwright trade. Right, 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 right. Uh, and, uh, and he was on the Dodgers, and he was on the Red Sox, and he won a World Series with the Red Sox. Right. He was an all-star with the, the Red Sox the following year in 2008, and he wound up making more than $100 million. Boy, yeah, that is, that's a really solid career. So, you know, in, 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 if Dylan Carlson winds up making what would be the equivalent of J.D. Drew's $100 million, and I don't know what that would be, if that's $125 right million dollars or yeah. so, uh, that would be indicative, I'm certain, for Dylan of a good career. I, and I also don't think Dylan Carlson had the, the expectations that that Drew did. Uh, Drew's issue, I believe, um, was that he just wasn't a gamer. And uh, I can recall being in the Cardinal Clubhouse the morning after they lost to the Giants in the NLCS in 2002, and something that I wasn't even thinking when it happened uh, it was the second straight year that Steve Klein, the governor, was on the mound for a walk-off hit to end the Cardinal season. Tony Womack got him in 2001 in Arizona, and Kenny Lofton got him in 2002 in Game 5 of the NLCS in San Francisco. And I think that one really bothered the Cardinals because with the Daryl Kyle situation and him passing earlier in the year and them sweeping the defending world champion Diamondbacks, the thought process was, well, this team's going to win the World Series. They're a team of destiny. And they were nearly going to bring that series back to St. Louis and thought they could win it there. And uh, Kenny Lofton gets a base hit, scores a run, ends the series. And they were, I remember talking to a few guys. I, I, it's not like I even asked them. They were cleaning out their lockers. And I can remember uh, JD wasn't around. This is a, but I can think of two guys, but I feel like there was another one standing there. And they go, what do you think of that throw by JD last night? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And the, the hit was to left or to right field. And that's where Drew was. And they just thought the throw was just garbage right. and and weak, and that just for that moment just wasn't locked in, and that and then on top of it, just not playing hurt. And if you remember, and you really got to be deep in the weeds on it, but uh, that uh, Tony Larusa, uh, if JD wasn't playing, uh, JD has an ouchie, 
But if somebody <laughs> else were missing time for an injury, it wouldn't be an ouchie. Right. So you had be. to kind of know what was going on to know what things meant. I feel like he made reference to that in Three Nights in August, the book he did with Buzz Bissinger on the Cardinals and Cubs series in 2003. Um, so anyway, do with that what you want. I don't, I, don't, I don't see that for a couple of reasons with Carlson. And First off, I don't know if I see Carlson having as good of a career at this moment, albeit a small sample size in, in the major leagues. But the biggest difference is Carlson doesn't have near the expectations that Drew did. But part of J.D. Drew's expectations and the backlash against him was about him not signing with Philadelphia and then holding out and then eventually being part of the Cardinal organization. Not that people are pissed about the Cardinals, but that he didn't go to Philadelphia and how hated he was there. And since it was Philadelphia, it got a bunch of attention. So uh, I understand uh, where you're coming from, Herschel, but I, I see some differences. All right, we'll take a break. It is 10:17 Once again, oh, God, I just can't manage the clock. Can't manage the clock. I can't. It's on me. I mean, I'm going to blame you. Right. I'm blame it, you because it is on me. Thank you. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, I can't manage the clock. We'll take a break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party, 101 ESPN, award-winning Balloon Party. We don't want to toot our own horn here, but uh, as far as uh, one-hour shows in the market uh, that follow three hours of the hosts on HD2 Radio, we are considered number one. So uh, thank you. Thank you for making us number one again in that category. Uh, We welcome your mic drop, 65780. 65780. Or, of course, uh, you can leave the mic drop via the 101 ESPN app or text in the Air Comfort Service text line, 65780. Uh, Steve in Wildwood is not happy about what took place last night in Cincinnati. Tough loss. I mean, you're going to lose some. Still six games up. Stop it! Who the hell keeps sending Hudson out there? The only people who have success in sports named Dakota are playing in the DMX games. And what's the media in this town doing? Picking fights with ex-Blues players who had a decent career. Piddles, get your ass down to Bush Stadium. Put your finger in the chest of his quarter zip Peter Millar activewear and tell Bowtie that you need to send Hudson down to Memphis and bring up someone who can pitch the damn ball. Well, uh, Jackson, uh, it seems like that was a direct reference to you uh, costing Jamie Rivers. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he would like to see you head down to uh, Bush Stadium and uh, talk with John Mazalik. That's that's how I interpreted that mic drop. Uh, don't sell it short, Tim. He wants me to put my finger in the chest of his Peter Millar activewear. I, I do enjoy uh, nobody in sports named Dakota is any good unless they're in the X Games. So based on the name of the player, he wants him out. I mean, I guess. If you're Dakota, you go by Cody as well? Probably. There's been some good Codys in baseball. Cody Bellinger comes to mind. Nice. Yeah. MVP now hitting eighth. <laughs> That's unfortunate. A quick decline for... Uh... For him. Uh, so, Jackson, are you going to head down to uh, Bush Stadium today and go after John Mazalek? I guess that's what it sounds like. Yeah. You're going to be on your itinerary? I got to get like one of those like boiler hats with press in the brim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess I have to wear out some shoe leather. Uh, the Cardinals have faced the Dodgers quite a bit in the postseason. If memory serves, 2009, 2004, 13, 14, since, uh, since uh, 2009, three times. and then 2021. 
2021. Yeah, I guess you can count that as a series. Uh, and then 2004, so five times. And then we got a 1985 in there, six times. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Dodgers are just in another world. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, they are plus 255 to win the World Series. Plus 255 to win the World Series. Forget about the National League. Forget about the National League West. They have plus 255. They are now 90 and 38, and they are on pace to win 115 games. Jeez. That's where that operation is. And the record is 116 yes. with the Mariners? Mm-hmm. Okay. Boy, that is that is a hell of a pace. That, and it doesn't seem like they're slowing down anytime soon. And that's com- that's with... Was it six losses to the Pirates? Which is one of the most bizarre statistics in baseball for me. Yeah. I mean, maybe I give it too much value. It is so strange. Uh, Pirates got the Brewers last night. Oh, new Cruz just for whatever reason rakes against the Brewers. I don't know what that's about. Uh, but uh, yeah, Seattle won 116 in 2001, and the 1906 Cubs. 116. In uh, that obviously was a time when they weren't playing 162 games. The 1906 Cubs. Uh, won seventy six point three percent of their games. They went one hundred sixteen and thirty six. Oh my God! But the Mariners and the Cubs, by definition, are tied for the most. Gotcha. Will you take the Dodgers to break that record? No, just because you get down the stretch, like you know, you've cemented your spot as the top seed. No reason to keep trotting. Well, you give some guys some rest, you try some guys out, try some new things out. I don't think they They're going to clinch the division within the next week or two. Exactly. Not so, even a week or two. I think the next 10 days. I mean, they're 19 and a half games up on the Padres, who, by the way, if they were in the National League Central, they'd be like three games back of the Cardinals. So that just gives you an idea of the gap. And the Cardinals have been playing great baseball. This isn't a, this isn't a shot at the Cardinals. No. It's just the observation that this is in a different world, what we are seeing. Um, and kind of similar to what we were talking about with Goldschmidt and the Triple Crown, I don't feel like that's getting that much attention. Right. If it doesn't go on in the Bronx, it doesn't get that much attention. I guess that's essentially And I don't have a chip on my shoulder about it. It's just surprising that the Dodgers aren't getting as much attention. At least I don't I don't feel it. Maybe maybe people go, Oh God, they're getting too much attention, but I don't I don't see it that way. So they are ninety and thirty eight and uh plus two fifty five to win the World Series. The Astros plus four twenty five, the Yankees plus four seventy five, Mets plus five fifty, Braves plus twelve hundred, and then your St. Louis baseball Cardinals LLC plus fifteen hundred to win the World Series. Value. There's a lot of value. I don't know if I'll put any money on it, but there is a lot. I mean, you know, I might. I might put like ten bucks on it. Pay this is a ass. good baseball team. It is. It's a. This re- is a good base. I was looking at the Cardinal records since 2011 when that run began of four straight NLCSs, and then when you include 2015, which was a 100-win season, how this record compared and what the Cardinals are on pace for, and they're on pace for about 92 to 94 wins. Uh, currently 20 games over 500. This one stands out to me as being the best team since 2013. Yeah, um, that's that's where I am on it. Now, what differs from the 2013 season is the Cardinals are going to be dealing with, I think, three teams. And in 2013, uh, they wanted to play in the Dodgers and the NLCS, but three teams that you go, man, those are three damn good teams yeah. in the Braves, Mets, and Dodgers. Yep. And uh, that is going to be difficult to navigate. 
but this team comparably to me is up there with the 2013 team. And listen, that's not to downplay 2014, 15, 19. I don't really get into 20 or 21, but uh, that I just I, I think that this team is that is in a different category, and I think they they really do check boxes across the board. Yeah, and and there there's a, there's an opportunity to improve. We've seen O'Neill have the you know two of the last three games anyway with uh, power numbers, and uh, if you can get somebody going in the outfield uh, beyond Newt Bar, uh, that that you could have something going here uh, in the middle of that lineup. Yeah, but you already have two guys that are going to be in the MVP race in there in addition to what I feel like is some depth. I don't know if you have, I don't think you do, but who knows, maybe he'll turn it on uh, and just go off in the postseason. Uh, a guy like what the Mets have in DeGrom and Scherzer right. at the top of the rotation, but uh, there's some rock-solid depth there, and from my standpoint, I like the Cardinals' chances, but the issue is is that they're going to be playing against a tougher set of National League teams. If you look at the top six teams to win the World Series, four of them are in the National League, two of them are in the American League. Um, and as far as to win the National League, the odds, the Dodgers are plus 140, the Cardinals are plus 800. If you like the Cardinals to win the National League, uh, the Mets for the record plus 275, Braves plus 450, Padres plus 1,000, Phillies plus 1,200, and the Brewers, who are trying to just get into the postseason, are plus 2,500. Yeah, to be honest, the Mets... This Mets really scare me come October with the pitching rotation they have and the gamers. Like DeGrom and Scherzer, on top of being unbelievable pitchers, are gamers. Like they won it. Like similar to Bumgarner in 2010, 2012, 14. Like those guys will like pitch on short rest. They'll go as long as they want, like as they need to. They scare me more so than the Dodgers because the Dodgers are dealing with a little bit of a pitching. They have been throughout the year and they continue to, and yet they continue to win. Right, right. And that goes to, goes to show you how powerful their offense is, how potent their offense is. But we come October, sometimes pitching dominant. You saw that with the 2019 Nationals and then obviously those Giants teams and the even numbers of the 2010s. Sometimes pitching, you know, paired with a decent offense can get you all the way home. So they scare me more so than any other team, maybe even more so than the Yankees. Uh, Dickerson plays outfield last time I checked. That's from the 314. What do you think about that, Jackson? A big hit in that uh, win on Saturday, an infield hit to Dansby Swanson. Ten straight. Uh, Tim, I think the national media has something against St. Louis because the Blues don't seem to get any respect from the national media. The Cardinals don't get any respect from the national media, nor do the players on these teams get any respect. There is no good reason why only the people in St. Louis knows about Paul Goldschmidt and his pursuit of the Triple Crown. It seems like you have to be on either of the two coasts to get talked about nationally. The only mid Midwest city that gets talked about, whether it's respectful or disrespectful, is Chicago. Jackson, thoughts? Uh, as, some, as someone who often reads publications, in the past... Was that a way to let people know that you read? I I'm learned, yes. Um, I saw a Paul Goldschmidt article on CBS Sports the other week. Albert has been on ESPN several times in the last couple of weeks. I, I disagree with the narrative that the Cardinals don't get national attention. I can't speak much to the Blues, but I can speak to the Cardinals, and I think that they do get as much as a uh, coastal team or Chicago. I will disagree with the as much, just because I don't know who gets as much as the Yankees. Fair. And the Dodgers get a hell of a lot of attention. My premise on the Dodgers is for a team that is going to be in the mix to possibly break the all-time wins record. It would, again, it would take a lot, but... Uh, I just don't feel like we're hearing as much about it. 
um but that I west like coast it, thing man the, the start time sure. that's that plays i mean what's that nine or ten o'clock on the east coast for a lot of those dodgers games you know they, unless you're like the lakers or the rams in la you're not going to get as much media attention if you're the hockey team or the baseball team the cardinals get a lot of national attention just like the blues and he has a little man syndrome that's from the 636 i think a lot of cities that aren't new york or la might feel the same way like i don't think that's just St. Louis, who might feel they're not getting enough national representation. But, but I, it's a business model of catering to the teams that get attention. Now, now, Dallas is not on a coast, but it is going to be on Fox's 3 o'clock game more often than not because the Cowboys brand is what drives television ratings, yep. and it's a business model. Yep. And so who drives eyeballs? The New York Yankees drive eyeballs. Um, and if you're in Los Angeles, the Dodgers are a hell of a lot more relevant than the Angels are just because they are tied to the city more so than the Angels are. And they're the team that has been on a heater really for the last decade plus uh, of being in the mix. If anything, they haven't they kind of have a little bit of an Atlanta Braves in the 90s thing going on. They've been there a whole hell of a lot. They only have one championship. And it was if there was one year you didn't want to win a world championship it was 2020 yeah. when you're doing it in a warehouse in Dallas in front of like 30 people. Yeah. Uh, the quote, as much as coastal teams is literally the new high water mark in stupidity from Piddles. That's from the 636. I, what? It's that elitist coastal bias crapping on the patriots of the Midwest. The media is the devil. Thanks. That's Merle from Oakville. Okay, that's, now I feel at home. <laughs> do you read or does your butler read to you, Lil Ledoux? That's from the 314. Uh, the butler reads to me, but sometimes I like to follow along. <laughs> so I count that. Do you count? So if you listen to an audiobook, do you count that as read? Do you say you read that book or did you listen to that book? I will say the I read it only because I don't really feel like people care if I say I listened to the audiobook. Right. It's a long AD from KC95. We were BSing one day, and he goes, you got to uh, read the, the Keith Hernandez book. And he's a big Mets guy. Right. Uh, and Keith Hernandez, obviously, the Mets and the Cardinals. And I go, that's a great idea. He sent me the link via Audible. I immediately go in my car. I had a long drive that day. And I listened to, and I still am listening to, the Keith Hernandez book. But by definition, I am listening to it. I am not reading it. I count it as reading. But, you know... I, that's how I. That's how I get it. At this you don't want to start. Yeah, you don't want to start saying I consumed the book. That doesn't sound right. With two, with a five-year-old and a seven-month-old around, if if my wife said, "Hey, can you help out with whatever right. task?" and I said, "I'm sorry, I'm reading," that wouldn't go well. Yeah, I mean that's a <laughs> negative EV play. Uh, Sup, Merle? That's from the three one four. Merle's gaining traction. More traction. He's probably got a higher approval rating than me. <laughs> Which isn't hard, and that's not much to say. Uh, see, uh, text in 65780. Uh, leave a mic drop. Uh, it's 1035. I've, I've blown it again today. Uh, we got a break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes. It's 1041. God. I need to start looking at the clock and not having these dramatic re reactions to it. <laughs> to be fair, but I did then kind I get of... mad at myself yeah. because it's it's on me. It's your fault, but it's right. on me. And now I spend about two minutes complaining about my inability to manage the clock. To be fair, I leaned into that Montrez Harrell update. 
Yeah, I noticed that. And I have a feeling I'm going to see. I mean, there it is, right on cue. No one cares about Montrez Harrell, 314. There'll be more where that came from momentarily. I wonder if he spells his name right. Uh, welcome back to uh, Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Uh, Action Jackson sends over these series of questions every uh, day, usually around 5:30, and uh, and and it, it causes me to pause and to and to think about these questions. F1 racing. This is a, that's a phrase I didn't anticipate <laughs> yeah, reading, well. but I know that it has gained great popularity, and it I does. know the reasoning. And then you go into what it is. F1 racing is seeing a massive boom in the ratings, up 39 percent from 2021, and a lot of that increase has been attributed to their Netflix series Drive to Survive. Do you think a behind-the-scenes, hard-knock-style show similar to F1 and the NFL's version could produce success for Major League Baseball? Following teams around and getting inside the clubhouse access could connect fans better to the game and also showcase the young stars. What do you think about this? Do you think it could be successful? My answer is, of course, yes. Um, The question is how it would play because in between episodes and shooting that week's episodes, you have at least five games and sometimes seven to ten games and so much changes right um you can and, and it's in in with football you know it's now i realize they did the inside the season with the colts last year this year it's the lions going into camp i was actually watching yep. that cardinals uh, uh the is the new in season one for this year right uh yeah they've been showing deandre hopkins he sits out for his pd suspension <laughs> So I think I think my overall is yeah that's that's Netflix the, the one that and this this goes beyond people being interested in golf because you're going to see the behind the scenes of what has gone on with Live and the PGA Tour it just so happens Netflix agreed to this deal with the PGA the PGA does not have any oversight so Netflix can put out whatever and it's going to be debuting I don't look up when uh, if you could when that's going to debut. And so you're going to see what's been going on behind the scenes. It's just coincidental that the year that they did this was the year of the live golf discussions. And you had six players leave yesterday, including uh, Open and Players Champion uh, winner Cam Smith. So uh, from my standpoint, that's the like I have zero interest in the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell is uh, an intriguing, charismatic coach. And I would imagine that was the main reason why HBO picked the Lions this year. But you, you, you'll watch, I do anyway, and I'm sure some of you do as well, you watch um, that show because of the behind the scenes that you get to see. And yep. it creates characters, and it creates interest. And I will watch, not necessarily the complete games of the Detroit Lions this year, but I out of the gate, I'll be watching going, oh, this is the guy that they weren't sure was going to make the roster, and now he's out there playing, and now maybe he's gained steam, or now maybe he got cut. And you have some semblance, a very small one most likely, of investment, emotional or otherwise, in the Lions because you watched what was going on on, uh, what the hell's the name of the show? It's Escape, so I went on Hard Knocks uh, on HBO. Yeah, uh, the PGA tour Netflix docuseries airs at the early 2023. Okay. And they have a list of all the players who are going to be included, and like half of them are on live now. On live now? Yeah. That'll be interesting, then, yeah, because you get behind be. the scenes on that stuff. Right. Hard Knocks turns it around pretty quickly, though. They're real, I've heard an interview with uh, one of the women who runs it, and it's crazy how, and you kind of see, like they put a lot of 
you know, basic filler film in there to kind of make it an hour long. But, you know, I agree with you on the baseball thing. Like, it's going to be tough to turn that around in such a fashion. But still, they're not doing really much of anything. Right. You got a little taste of it and how many of you enjoyed it on Sunday night leading into the Wainwright thing. And that was just him on the field. Right. There was another one, and I don't recall if this was ESPN or if this was MLB Network or if this was Bally Sports Midwest, but Wainwright going around before, before the, the game, game. Uh, a month or two ago. I think that was MLB. Um, that stuff works. And it what it does is it creates player profile marketability. Yes. And I think if there's been one consistent complaint regarding baseball, it's the lack of marketing stars. But for many people around the country, probably not people listening to this show because you're a sports fan, if you're listening to 101 ESPN and you're likely a Cardinal fan, but there isn't the marketability of individual stars in Major League Baseball like there is in the NFL and the NBA. And if you can get that going, it's a positive thing. And the way to get it going isn't by going so-and-so has a 1.126 OPS, because that means nothing to 98% of the population. It's take your pick of whatever storyline it is. And it doesn't have to be WWE. Adam Wainwright's not WWE. He's a likable figure who a lot of people uh, respect. And even though he's got 100-plus million dollars to play with, uh, can relate to the way he was raised and the way he carries himself and is a family guy. And that resonates with some people. Other people like the people who go out and want to, you know, the, the Jeter lifestyle that he had in, in New York and want to see that. Not that Jeter would have allowed people behind the scenes on that, but those kinds of things. An organization, you know, I guess right now it would be Cleveland yeah. uh, that's trying to get their first championship in however many years it is. That's a storyline. Those yeah. kinds of things. You can find a storyline with any team, and then that gets people paying attention. At this time of year, there are teams fighting every single day to try to get in, and then there are teams that are like the Cardinals, dealing with individual records. and play. I mean, how fascinating would it be if HBO had a and I And I think this would go beyond St. Louis. Certainly in St. Louis it would be peak. But if you were seeing behind the scenes of what Albert Pools and Paul Goldschmidt and then Molina with his final year and what things are like. Be awesome. Uh, yeah, you just have the technology and the ability and the platforms to do that now. I think it would be a great thing for the game. Now, what I'd be curious about is what the players would say, what the organizations would say. Would right. they think it's that great? Because right. now they're losing some privacy. Definitely. And, you know, we often talk about... MLB's one of MLB's biggest problems from markability standpoint is not showcasing their young stars well enough. Well, how do you do that? Just put a camera on them. Like I think a lot of that, like All Star Weekend, have been a great opportunity. Just put the camera behind the scenes, like a twenty four seven thing, like HBO does before fights. Like I think that would be awesome, just to see everybody. I think people would be really a lot more interested in it. You get a feel for personality, and also you get a feel of like what a baseball player goes through in day to day life. You hear him talk about it, but you want to see it. Like I want to see. All that stuff. That's why I think that's a big reason for the NFL's success in a lot of ways is how they show, like the mic'd up thing. Like Wayno said, like I love the NFL mic'd up thing, so I wanted to do it. I, there's opportunities all over the place in baseball for that. I mean, how many times are guys just having great conversations that we never, ever hear? I think the mic'd up kind of thing, the hard knocks kind of thing with the PGA Tour is doing with Netflix, um, 
and uh, the Manning cast will be super common within the next five years. Super common. Yeah. You can make a case that the, the former is already common, but I think they'll both be super common here over the next uh, five years and, and almost be an expectation. And I think it's a good thing. I think I think that's a good thing. All right, uh, one final segment left of Balloon Party before BK and Ferrario take over. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Final segment of Balloon Party before BK and Ferrario take over here. Uh, and uh, Action Jackson, Tyler Beatty was cut yesterday. He was a superstar for Missouri and he was cut yesterday by the Ravens. My guess is he will... Uh, get on a practice squad somewhere. But they signed Kenyon Drake, and when they did that, that uh, was most likely going to be the end for him there. But uh, I told you that he wasn't working out, so it gives you an idea of how tough it is to make it... NFL roster because he was dynamic for the Tigers. Missouri opens up the season tomorrow night, and uh, Gabe DeArmond will be with us on Friday, and he'll be with us every Friday, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, um, and uh, talking it over regarding last night's game on Friday and the upcoming game on Saturdays for the upcoming college football season. Your level of enthusiasm on a 1-10 to 10 for tomorrow night at Faroe Field with Louisiana Tech, a 19.5 point under dog coming it down 10 wow well I'll, I'll break it down as quickly as i can here there's very few sports where i get like passionate to a point where i start yelling and there's two there's only two college sports football, teams. College basketball. yep missouri football missouri basketball. that is the only two sports where i get so passionate that i either get really upset or i become elated with joy that i so rarely feel what about when alex petrangelo beat Patrick Waugh of the Boston <laughs> Bruins in 2019 in Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. I was fired up, don't get me wrong. I was very much fired up, but like nothing like... But you n- still thought it was Patrick Waugh, even though you were right. emotionally... Right, I couldn't read. Um, but uh, nothing gets me as fired up as Mizzou football and Mizzou basketball. Like, what needs to happen, Jackson, is they need to have people outside of people such as me and you right. who care about Missouri football caring like they did in 2007, 2008, 2013, and 2014, and to an extent, uh, well, not beyond to an extent, because they beat the number one team in the country in 2010 in Oklahoma when they played them at Fro Field and College Game Day was there. So there is a, there is some importance to the K-State game that otherwise I think people may not have thought going into it, and that's the second game of the year. They, that's a week from Saturday. Um. And if you can do that, and you can beat them, then you're three and zero, most likely. Heading, assuming a Louisiana Tech and Abilene Christian debacle doesn't happen, uh, heading into Auburn. Yep. And Auburn has to play Penn State the week before, I believe Georgia, after Missouri, and yep, then LSU, LSU after Georgia. Boy, yeah, that's a. Uh... So you could have all kinds of hell breaking loose on the plains then, and who knows? And if you can somehow be four and zero when Georgia comes to town on October first or second or whatever it is. Yep. Uh, then you got people from Kansas City and St. Louis, and you most come into town, and then you also have the game not airing most likely at eleven o'clock. And even if it is eleven o'clock, people are going to go because it's you know the defending national champions against a four and zero Missouri team. Right. So I am fired up for it. I am fired up for it. But uh, I recognize that that you know college football in St. Louis does not have the same reaction from fans as it does in other markets in the SEC. It's just the reality. But winning. 
winning will take care of that. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrario are up next for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McCurney. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.